Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Uh, it is a beautiful afternoon, finally. Uh, it's been gorgeous. nice all week and just absolutely gorgeous. So I hope everybody's been able to get out and, and enjoy some of this springtime. I mean, it's 75, 76 degrees right now. Uh, could not be happier. Wish, don't always wish I have a job outside. Today I wish I had a job outside because it feels fantastic. Had we caught the weather like this for the Mardi Gras Ball last Saturday night, oh it would God. have been absolutely awesome. We had teased it the other day. We were hopefully going to announce the exact numbers. You know, it's amazing, Derek, when you put on an event or put, put something on, uh, bills just kind of keep trickling in. Oh, yeah. So we're oh. not quite there. Uh, but we will let uh, we hope to uh, announce that pretty soon exactly how much money uh, we netted so we can begin to uh, put that towards the Hernando charities. Uh, so very excited about that. Thank you again to Hernando for last Saturday night. But uh, man, the weather this week tremendous uh i went and saw some baseball games which we'll talk about here uh, shortly hernando tiger baseball has played uh monday they played monday tuesday and wednesday so been very busy on the baseball front so we have all that uh, updates to go ahead and give you records and so forth for the teams that we cover so looking forward to that but uh weather is just tremendous yeah matt and you're picking up tuesday also tuesday night was the state of the union address uh yeah well Derek, i like to refer to it as the state of the ukraine Okay, and I'll go ahead and say that because, again, the first 12 minutes consisted of talk about the Ukraine. God bless those people. We talked about it on our show yeah, on Tuesday. Yeah. Just hats off. They Absolutely. continue to fight. And, uh, you know, all you can do is just hopefully that Russia understands, hey, this is a losing war. I think I thread that um, they Russia over all the years that they, you know, tried to, I guess, uh, hold Afghanistan or, you know, you know, kind of invade Afghanistan, that sort of thing. And uh, before, I guess, that we did, uh, that they lost, I think, 15,000 Russian soldiers basically in the 80s and that sort of They could easily surpass that within a month in the Ukraine. That's correct. Um, and that's just that's absolutely amazing. And so, again, Ukraine, we're with you. Keep fighting. Uh, and, and prayers go out to and both to you and to the Russian people who have nothing to do with this. My issue with the other night, again, you, I texted you, you were watching the Alderman meeting, which we're going to get to in just a minute, was, uh, is this the State of the Union address or the State of the Ukraine address? Because uh, it seemed like we talked a lot about Ukraine at the beginning and then really just zoomed through a bunch of stuff that are affecting us here at home. I told you off air, I filled my tank up for three fifty six a gallon. Mm -hmm. And it seems like no one is saying anything about it. We were going, I say we, the country was going nuts at $3 a gallon. Yeah. If it was two ninety nine, all of us were furious. Yeah. And now I think they've, um, I say they, uh, let's just say Washington. I'm not even saying Democrats or Republicans, but I think Washington has kind of lulled us into a bit of a sleep to where we just kind of stay quiet. So, uh, but at 356 a gallon, and we're not saying a word, Derek, mobile car and van rental, one of our advertisers, I will talk about that shortly. If people are not traveling and people are not going to Orlando and people aren't going to Gatlinburg or going and traveling this summer, I've got a problem. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that's not good. And so I'm quite frustrated and you can probably tell it in my voice. Again, this is Matt speaking, not Derek. Um, I tuned in for the state of the union address. There were people on the floor and this bothered me. There were people on the floor, uh, people that are elected by us to represent us. Uh, one of them being Kevin McCarthy, the person that runs the Republicans, uh, in the house, right? Kevin McCarthy. Yes. That's, that's right. right. Uh, he had a Ukraine pin on. He's not elected for the Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> He's not elected for the Ukraine. Where's your American pen fighting for us? There are people getting there. You and I make a decent living. There are people absolutely struggling out there. Yeah. They cannot afford to put gas in their car. Anything they want to eat at the grocery store is 20 or 30 or 40% higher than it was a year ago. There is a lot of stuff going on. We're still buying Russian oil at a billion dollars a day. Well, the, the country, the world is. 
I, I thought the United States of America are buying a million barrels a day no, from Russia. No, they're not. Uh, the United States. What is it? Nine ninety five? Not nine ninety five thousand? No, the United States. Okay. Is, it does well, not. Regardless, get, anybody. Right. Is. No, I mean the, the world. You know, they're, they've stopped. Uh, put the sanctions on there, but they have not started the oil flow. Most of it is going obviously to Europe. The United States doesn't get a lot from Russia. Ours mainly comes. You know, we do do some ourselves, but honestly, the most come from the OPEC countries. Um, but you know. Russia does produce a lot, and yep. because of that, because of, you know, I mean, they control, I think it's 11 or 12% of the world's oil, and if that is disrupted, which it has been, sure. um, that's going to, I mean, I think the Brent crude oil, I think it was $112. Um, you know, that's why, you know, it jumped from $3 to three fifty six basically overnight. I mean, usually, I think a comfortable oil is around $70 or $80. That's when you're in your two twenty-five. Okay, I'm okay with their range. It gets as low as $30. You're paying under $2 a gallon. But, you know, we're, we're up to 112 I mean, this is, I think, the highest it ever got back when it was at, I don't know, back in the 2000s or, or early 2000s. I think it got to like 150. Right. I think it was around 150. Right. So we're not quite and there yet. And we were yet. still paying. We, we still never crossed over three dollars again. It was it was here, right here. Um, but that's when all the fracking and everything right. came up because people were like, well, we can make a lot of money. Right. But then of course the, the supply was too much, got down, and that sort of thing. So again, it has been some government. Uh, you know, we're not fracking anymore. We did not do the Alaskan pipeline uh, that that hook up, and so Keystone. we Keystone pipeline in, in the Dakotas. We shut that down, and so that. Not being in order now is really hurting us. Uh, but, you know, on environmentals and, and that sort of thing, I understand that. But it, it is really coming back to bite us. So we'll see if we're going to open that up again or try to start something to try to become self-sufficient. If not, I think it's just going to get worse if this war is over with. Sorry it's taking us so long to get to our advertisers, our uh, presenting and uh, studio sponsors. And we really, really appreciate them. But uh, you can just sense the frustration in my voice because it's um, – I'm just frustrated, Derek. I, I just – I really am. Um I hope some things get changed soon. I hope things go in a different direction. I've said for years, even on this show, uh, Washington, D.C., both parties have so little in common with me and you that are sitting here in Hernando, Mississippi, and it's not supposed to be that way. It really, really frustrates me. Uh, It's obvious. uh, We can sanction as much as we want to, Derek. Somebody else who does not care about the Russian people and how bad that they're affected is is Putin. Mm -hmm. He's rich as all get out anyway. Yeah. What does he care? Other than having a gun uh, to his head – he doesn't care about the Russian people. That's obvious. Right. But I tell you who does care about, I mean, no other way to uh, transition there. Who does care about families in DeSoto County when it comes to buying and selling a home? I'm speaking, of course, of our, our 2022 presenting sponsor, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County, Brian and Terry of Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. They have thousands of closings since 2009. That's on the buying and selling side of residential real estate. They are ranked as a top team in Mississippi by America's Best Real Estate Professionals Magazine. They were recently voted DeSoto County's best realtor for the fourth time. They're currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. You simply need to give them your address. They will tell you all about your neighborhood, your street, your zip code. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics that are going to help you make the right decision when it comes to buying or selling a home in the Mid-South. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. That's going to tell you all about homes and residences all around DeSoto County and the Mid-South, teamcouch.com. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for being our 2022 presenting sponsor.
Derek, we joke around all the time. We've said it for weeks now that spring was right around the corner. Getting outside, barbecuing was right around the corner. Uh, this week, perfect time to do it. Absolutely perfect time to do it. And if your uh, backyard experience when it comes to barbecuing is lacking, if it is not what you want it to be, please visit our 2022 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop, the number one barbecue store in DeSoto County. How to Barbecue Right Shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive right here in Hernando. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, Malcolm's Shop is your place. Find more information about him on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Give him a call locally at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Look at his website, howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to visit the How to Barbecue Right shop located again at 496 Whitfield Drive right here in Hernando. Just a reminder that March 19th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. that's a Saturday morning and afternoon March 19th 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. they will be having their big first anniversary event. The grills will be fired up. They'll be cooking great food. They will be doing live demos from Boyle Boss, Traeger, and more companies. They'll have prizes, giveaways, and for the kids there will be free hot dogs. Again, that's going to be at the How to Barbecue Right Shop. Big first anniversary event at 496 Whitfield Drive. Well, Derek, we definitely covered the uh, national topic yes, uh, we did. <laughs> in the beginning. So let's turn our, our sights on what happened here locally. Our first, uh, this past Tuesday, March 1st, the first day of uh, March, which, hey, great song, by the way. Great song for the Uh-oh. music last song. Last minute. What a Bone Thugs and Harmony. I, I actually got uh, compliments on the song. I was very excited about I it. I mean, Bone Thugs and Harmony was, you talk about a massive group for about four years oh yeah oh massive um that we didn't know what they were yeah we didn't know what they were talking about but uh, you know (laughs) but so we definitely enjoyed the music great beat so uh yeah if you have not listened to that show go back and listen to the start of our tuesday show uh you probably will like the music it's going to take you right back uh you might even want to look up your high school girlfriend yes possibly so (laughs) 95 96 just a warning just a warning you may you may want to look her up on facebook because she enjoyed bone thugs and harmonies as much as you did Derek, tell us about the Auburn meeting from this past tuesday march 1st here in the city the Auburn meeting started off with uh, the mayor after the, the prayer and the pledge. He wanted the, the residents of Hernando to know and the constituents to know that police officer Dickie Flynn had passed away earlier that day. Uh, so we do want to say uh, that you know we uh, reached out to the family of Officer Flynn and we're just uh, saying very sorry to hear that. Say our condolences from the UTW podcast to the officer Dickie Flynn's family for him passing away earlier this week. Uh, then into the well, as the meeting started, of course, you know they did all the, the normal stuff, the consent agenda. So we're going to skip down, starting with number eleven. Uh, this was the approval to enter into an agreement with Chris Jeter to serve as the assigner for the spring and fall 2022 youth baseball and softball seasons. So, again, uh, this is something I just want to briefly mention. We did not mention it on Tuesday, but this is uh, just another thing that Jared is, is lining up. He's going to be the assigner for the spring and fall youth baseball and softball seasons. So that's a good way to get out with the uh, tournament set up, to get teams set up. So I think uh, they're changing some stuff up. I think when, you, when our kids used to play, they would have uh, drafts. Usually you got to keep your son. Maybe you kind of uh, sandbag a couple of kids by rating them kind of low because you – Allegedly. Maybe you took on, allegedly. Allegedly. Maybe you took on four assistants, you know, three of whom had, you know, five graded baseball players. Yes. Uh, that is no longer allowed. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. This is something that's interesting this year that the director and, like, Michael Carson and the, the, some of the parks people will out, be out there. They will be the ones – I think the trials is actually tonight, Thursday night – uh, they're going to be the ones assigning the grades, mm-hmm. and then they're going to be ones making the teams. 
I, I'm hello about time. Yeah, I love it. Let's just say that some parents are not excited about that. They're used to kind of stacking their teams. Uh, they are very uh, angry about it because that's the way it's been done, as they said for 30 years. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, I think that because basically, if, if your son has only known one coach for the last six years, he needs to know something different. He needs to have different coaching, different people talking to him, 100%. a different authority figure. Could not be happier about this change. So I just again, that wasn't really part of the meeting. This was more him setting up an assigner. But I uh, did want to mention that that was happening because I found that out today, which I thought was fantastic. Love it, wonderful, great job, and Derek. This is if you if we haven't done it yet, this will be the this will be the time where we put the crying baby uh, noise <laughs> underneath the uh, this talk right here. Uh, hey, mom and dad, uh, let somebody else maybe coach your coach uh, or coach your child. Uh, great job by the parks. Good job. Okay, so the next. Uh, uh, topics were the ones we kind of mentioned on Wednesday. The first one, the recommendation for the police department for parking limits on ice plant. Hey, real quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to jump back in. Uh, just to make sure, also probably more than likely there will be no college or pro scouts at the baseball fields for the rec season, correct? That is shocking. I, Absolutely just, shocking. There will probably be, last time I checked, I've never seen a college or pro scout at the Hernando baseball fields no. for rec league. Just going to make that announcement. Uh, you know, hot topic, hot news right there. So, uh, let your kids enjoy baseball. Yeah, it's 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 look. Let them have a good time. And and again, it looks like it's heading in the right direction. So couldn't be happier. Uh, again, the recommendation from the uh, police chief on the parking limits on Ice Plant Road. This went very well. I thought uh, yeah. I watched it. Um, so the issue, of course, relating to the street. This is they want to maybe turn it into a two way street. Uh, and the issues were that there was a business right there uh, at the corner of uh, Ice Plant and Center Street that was taking up uh, one entire lane of, of traffic. And they, he went and met with the guy, met with the uh, the owner there, uh, who you know Jason, who did a really good job explaining that he wants to do what the city is asking him. He's, but you know, but he doesn't have the room, uh, the way that the lot currently is. It's a lot of grass. He's working on trying to get a parking lot put in. Mm-hmm. The owner was there. Now the the business owner was not. Correct. The owner of the building was, and so he was there and he understood. And so, basically, I mean, please go listen to it if you're more interested, but. What it came down was is that they did uh, they they did admit that there was a problem. Uh, there's probably eight cars on the road. Four are operable. The other four to five were not operable. Uh, they are basically just dead, and the people will not come get them. And so they're kind of use it as free parking or free storage, and sure, just won't dump it. So that's not. It is his problem, but also not his problem. The three or four that were on the road, he said, were waiting to be picked up by customers who hadn't come back and picked it up, and they may sit there for a week or two. They can run. The problem is the person's waiting for a paycheck to come get it. Right. So. They're working with him to you know, do that. They're going to give him uh, 30 days. So this does not take place till April 1st. 30 days to get that situation, have people come get their cars. They have to have the cars towed, and just they'll have to come get it at their expense, but just uh, get them out of the road. So I thought it went very well. But it's not going to a two-way street. They did not approve that Got on it. Tuesday night. Now, I think they're going to come back next time probably and look to do that. But right now, it was just more the on-street parking will now be limited uh, on that road from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. You cannot park. On that side, on the side of that road, from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Effective uh, now. Seven days a week. Effective April 1st. Effective April. So he's giving him 30 days, or the the board's giving him 30 days to be able to get that done. So I, I do. I thought it went very well. It looks sure. like the owner of the building, the owner of the business, were all in agreement. Police chief did a good job explaining it, and the board, you know, was very. You know, they said 30 days. Is, that's typically what we of do. Of course, so that's yes. Kind of, so uh, look for that though. Do not be parking there from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. After April 1st. The next thing, discussion on the purchasing land to build the animal shelter on. Okay. 
I've noticed this was a hot topic on local things. Very hot topic. So the bids will be back on the building on March 15th. So this was announced first. He, the mayor wanted to make clear, hey, the bids will be back on the March 15th for the shelter. So we will be looking at what that's going to cost, and we'll know, again, what the lowest cost will be by March 15th, and hopefully it's within our budget. The, we did talk about this on, third, I mean, on Tuesday, but we didn't want to give out exactly what we knew because we wanted them to talk about it. The city's looking to purchase 3.7 acres on Whitfield Drive. Now, it was announced to us as the industrial park. That's actually an older, smaller industrial park, not the actual Hernando Industrial Park. Correct. But on Whitfield Drive, just off of Memphis Street, 3.70 acres next to the Public Works building, and the $150,000 is the asking price for that 3.7 uh, acres. Of course, we already, we, the city, uh, has already spent $84,000 on the pad out at Renaissance Park for this exact thing. So there was a lot of discussion, especially by uh, Andrew Miller, about we've already spent $84,000. How are we going to spend another hundred fifty? And there's a pad sitting there re- waiting and ready. The uh, Natalie Lynch, uh, she said, uh, Alderman Lynch said, Alderman Woman Lynch said that, yes, that is true, but with the redesign of Renaissance Park, if it is going to be full ball fields and what we're kind of wanting to do, then that could be a concession stand. That could be the uh, park office building. That could be some other outlet bathrooms or something it, like that. The pad will not go to waste. Right. Period. And so she's saying, yes, it was spent. If you want to allocate it toward this project and say it's another sunk cost toward this, that is fine. It will save them money or save the city money in the future on another plan. So, you know, you can look at that however you want to. Also, the $150,000, there would have to be site prep work. But Joe Frank Lauderdale said, yes, but if we buy it, it's probably going to be a lot less, maybe $25,000 at the most, because the soil out there is better. It's real rocky and thick and hard, whereas the one at Renaissance Park was softer because there was a lot of fill-in dirt uh, that had come in. Uh, and so there was, uh, you know, that's why they had to spend eighty. Four thousand dollars to get it right, um, so he said it should be a lot cheaper. But it, again, that the one fifty now turns to a one seventy five number, possibly plus whatever the cost of the building. So there was a lot of discussion: should we buy it? Should we not buy it? Uh, and so they went back and forth. So and then um, Alderman at Large, Doc Harris, said, "Hey, look, what if we table this until we get the bids in? When we get the bids in, we'll know how much it's going to be. Then we can say, hey, look, is this worth us? You know, yes, the one fifty can still fit within our budget. Let's go. Maybe it's going to put us a little over our budget, but it's a good investment." They have voted to table it to the March 15th date, the same night they'll get the bids back, so they can kind of look at it as an entire package. They don't have to rebid it on the new site. The bid was for the building itself, not on a certain pad or here, a certain pad there. So they don't have to rebid it. They can then, this is common with all contracts, they can then negotiate with the lowest bidder, hey, here's the pad, here it is. We understand there may be a little more dirt work involved if it's going over here. So I thought it was very well done, but that, that's kind of the, the discussion. And other than that, so everybody, it was voted unanimously to be tabled until the 15th. So they'll take a look at it then. So they'll look a little bit deeper. I know we got a text from a couple, a couple of different people about that very thing, um, what we thought about it. And we like the idea of the city, like now we can talk about where it is. Right next to it is the public works building. And so we, you know, buy the four acres right there. There's a number of different things, maybe some space for even more growth, more opportunities out there, city related. So I like the idea. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, they did. You know, real, real quick, nobody, I've talked to several people and they both, they all agree or were not very excited about the um, animal shelter being yes. what potentially could be 10, 15, 20 years from now, a very nice uh, Hernando Parks Department. Uh, building and stuff out there yeah and i think the people that are really pushing to get this done which i mean again i think we all are pushing to get this done at this point but the ones that are that headed up the the fundraising for the animal shelter 
I, as long as it doesn't set them back, as long as it doesn't cost them another 60, 90, 120 days to get this done, I don't think they'll have an issue about exactly where it is. Uh, I think it's just that they what they don't want to hear is that, okay, now we have to buy this land, and now it's going to be another six months. So as long as that doesn't happen, and we're still on this, a similar timeline as to get the bids back and start the building, I think they'll be okay. Uh, and you also mentioned the Public Works building. There was some talk about future expansion, that they could already own the land for that, but it was admitted that that's probably at least five or ten years down the road. So it's not something that would be taken place immediately. Now, a couple of things we didn't talk about on Tuesday were one was by the Women's Club of Hernando and one by the Young Women's Club of Hernando, it looks like. That's the way I think I understood it. The Women's Club, uh, they want to do self-watering plants around the square. So this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to have these hanging baskets of plants around the square to make it look nice uh, during the growing season. So basically April through October, they wanted to be able to put out the plants. The problem was who was going to water them because, you know, the city employees are not going to go water them, have to fill up tanks. That's just a lot of extra expense, man, manpower. And so what they came up with, well, there'll be self-watering pots or self-watering, I guess, bases on these things. So right, sure. once a week, they would have to be watered. They would be watered by women in the organization. They, they could would water simply add the water to it and then it does its thing. That's right. The reservoir sucks it up and yeah, waters sure. the plant. Sure. So that's going to be done. Uh, it will not be done this year because it's too late now to order the plants in those specialty pots. Uh, and in order to get them for this year, but they're going to go ahead and, and since they have the approval now from the city to do it, they're going to order them for 2023. So look for these in sp- spring of 2023, just on the light poles in and around the square area. Very nice touch. Sure. Cost the city zero money. The other thing was, is that they are going to accept a donation, I believe from the young women's club, uh, that are going to start redoing the signs in the historic district of Hernando. There are 34 total historic signs. And if you're driven by these, these are those wrought iron signs. Half the plates, name plates are missing or, or faded off. And so the Young Women's Club is going to look to start replacing those. And so right now they're going to do seven. They have enough money to do seven signs. And so the way the way the Alder Woman Lynch said was they picked the seven worst ones. Doesn't, doesn't matter about the street name or whatever. The seven worst signs will be replaced I guess within the next 30 or 60 days. Uh, and then they're going to keep working on those. So all 34 total are done. They're going to be um, wrought iron powder coated and they're going to have vinyl lettering. So you, they can no longer rub off or smear off and the lettering uh, will be reflective. So you'll be able to you know, see it in the nighttime. If you shine a light on it. So right. and uh, hey, just a reminder, if you go to church park here, uh, right across from La Siesta in the uh, downtown Hernando area, the pavilion was donated, created by the Hernando young women's club, the bathroom that you and your children enjoy, and like and a water fountain right there donated and taken care of created by the Hernando Young Women's Club so shout out to them for continuing to support Hernando and then the last thing was the discussion of the traffic improvements at Mackinville and Holly Springs Road this was just a discussion there was nothing decided on because there was a, they will ask for more information but it was not really about the roundabout now we kind of mentioned the roundabout they did bring up the roundabout but the roundabout cost you know I would assume a couple million dollars at least uh, and would have to be fully city funded like we mentioned. So what this was more dealing with is, okay, we know we can't do that now. What can we do in the meantime? Alder woman, Beth Ross, who lives, uh, that's her her ward and that she lives over there off of Jaybird. She said, hey, look, I deal with this every day. What can we do? And what she is envisioning is something very similar to what has they did at Jaybird and Bahelia, mm-hmm. where they have they designated with paint lines right. going this way to turn this way, lines right. going this way to turn this way, a stop sign tells you what to do. Right, tells you what to do. And so this is what they're looking now. That does mean that somebody's going to have to stop. More than likely, the people going south on Mackinville as they came to the intersection would have to stop to make sure nobody's turning off 
Holly Springs going south on McInvale. Hmm. So they'd have to stop and then kind of pull out and around. And then, so again, this is not approved. This is the envisioning, okay, so drawing a, putting a, a I guess, paint on the ground that would say, okay, if you're turning south on McInvale, if you're going west on Holly Springs, turning south on McInvale, you've got to get in this little lane right here with this arrow. If you're going to go around the curve, you stay in this little lane right here that has the curve. If you're coming south on McInvale, you may have to stop to make sure nobody's turning left to go south on McInvale, and then you can come on around. So this was done, and this was a surprise to everybody, including myself. Uh, there's a video that was done about two years ago that shows this. It shows a very similar pattern to what Beth Ross was talking about. She didn't know about it. Okay. The mayor didn't know about it. Only it seemed, of course, most of the board is new. Andrew and, and Doc didn't really have any comments. But Joe Frank seemed to be the only one. The city engineer, Joe Frank uh, Lauderdale, was the only one that seemed to know about this video. And so they are now sending that video to everybody to look at to see, hey, look, if we can just throw up a stop sign and some paint or some reflective strips or some you know bump strips or whatever, that's what we need to do. So... I, see, real quick, I'm sorry to jump. I would not be in favor of stopping traffic on on College Springs Road. It needs to be a little bit more prominent coming north on Mackinville. That needs to be maybe a little bit more organized or prominent, but stopping traffic on Holly Springs Road in either direction to me makes no sense. Well, this would be coming south on Mackinville, you would stop. Nothing on Holly Springs Mackinville Road. turns into Holly Springs Road on right, the, at right. the so turn. We're at the turn. Yes. Yeah. Well, stopping traffic on, on the main yep. street, it, to me, is a no-go. Let's address the Mackinville coming north. Yep. Let them know what to do. Hey, maybe a nicer stop sign, bigger stop sign, something like that. But stopping traffic on Mackinville, which once you turn going east, is Holly Springs Road. Right. To me, it makes no sense to stop anything on that on that main road. And another thing that may help this too is that there's a developer where that little that baseball backstop yes. is. Yes. There's a developer going to put a strip center there that should be coming soon. Part of that is them widening that shoulder for mm -hmm. a turning lane and adding curb and gutter. Yes. So that could also help with the, the, alleviate some of that problem too. So again. Nothing yet, discussion, but what they asked for is both kind of what a pricing of that striping would be, and also they do want a pricing of the roundabout just so they can start putting that for future plans. They just ask for them to have that. We always want to say thank you to the Board of Aldermen, thank you to the Mayor, City Attorney, everybody that has to be there the first and third Tuesday to do the city business. We really, really appreciate uh, what you do. Don't always necessarily agree with it, but we are definitely always going to praise you for serving the city for sure. Derek, we used to cover City of South Haven and what they do with their Alderman meetings, but we don't normally we don't do that anymore. However, what we're about to talk about does affect a lot of us who travel the Get Well Corridor pretty regularly. Tell us about something happening South Haven City Government that happened at their autumn meeting this past Tuesday night. Now, Matt, you know we're pretty excited because there's a lot of talk, and they you know have basically approved to do this to expand Get Well Road to Star Landing Road, making it four lane, slowly working its way south all the way down to 269. Well, unfortunately, this could be waiting a little longer because the job was bid, and will now have to be rebid because the lowest bidder. For the project was Phillips Contracting, who had a bid of $15 million. Hello. The other bid came from ACUP Enterprises in the amount of $15.5 million. Now, again, this is a 2.3-mile stretch, which is on one of the city's most important commercial, but congested roadways in South Haven. And the city had estimated about $9.8 million. And seven and a half of that was going to come from the MPO, and then the other $2.3 million by the city. Well, now it looks like this, if, if the MPO is only going to give the city seven and a half million, the city itself was going to have to come up with another seven and a half million. And they said, no, no we're not doing that. What they are looking to do is to, it was going to have uh, four lanes with a median uh, with an, and a turning lane. They're going to have to re 
draw all that sure. to try to get make it cheaper. Again, maybe get it closer to that $10 million uh, total expense of what they're looking for. And the reason for this is that of the cost of asphalt was $110 a ton. Uh, that's what that costs right now. The pricing and the bids for that same asphalt came in at $300 a ton because the uh, city did not allow contractors to make fuel adjustments in their contract. Wow. They were asking for a fixed price contract and did not allow for fuel adjustments. So it, they just jacked it up 300% because they, we have no idea what fuel is going right. to be two years from now when we're finishing up this project. So um, that's kind of that's what it did. That $300 a ton literally cost four and a half to $5 million. <laughs> And so they're going to have to go back, redraw it, plus maybe hopefully allow it to be uh, maybe put in there with allowing for some fuel adjustments. Maybe you can cap it in some way. But look for that to be rebid. That's going to take another at least 30 to 45 days. So I don't know when this will start. They were hoping to plan it starting this summer because I know that, you know, uh, driving up to North Point, uh, those children were going to be affected by construction starting by the fall, maybe pushed off a little bit further now. It sounds like it for sure. But, I mean, the Gitwell Corridor, definitely such a, a vein there for DeSoto County. So, I mean, you know, it's coming at some point. But very interesting. That I mean, I guess I kind of don't blame the contractors. It's like, oh, we can't adjust for fuel for our dump trucks and our trucks and all <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, all right, here it is. Something else, as we begin to uh, get on the backside of the state legislature in Mississippi, Derek, you're going to give us a few bills that survive the state legislature right now and and we'll, no, not come on law. Okay. They're, they're, they're still, still alive. Still they're still alive. alive. And you're also going to talk a little bit about some that maybe were killed as far as, hey, this bill will not, uh, you know, no longer has any life in it down in Jackson. What you got? All right. So Tuesday, March 1st, this past Tuesday when our show aired and when the auditor meeting happened, was the deadline for committees in the House and Senate to pass out general law bills that originated in the other chamber. So in other words, remember... They came from one chamber, approved here, had to go to the other one. They have to approve it. And then if it does, it goes to the government. Or if they have a similar bill, if they approve it you know, in some form or fashion, they can go to conference. Well, March 1st was the day they had to decide if they were going to take it up or not. If not, it was going to be killed. It literally would just die. And so that, uh, that was a huge date. So uh, we're going to talk about that. The next major deadline is March 9th for the full chambers to take action on the other chamber's general bill. So right now, these are the ones that have remained alive. And, of course, I'll also talk about the ones that have, are dead for this year, except for one that may get to come back, and I'll explain that when we get to that. All right, Matt, so here are the ones that are so far still alive. The biggest one, teacher pay raise. Yep. Teacher pay raise made it through barely uh, because the House passed theirs. The House was not given anything, was not going to approve the sentence at all. So the Senate had to approve theirs and then add a couple of amendments to it to keep it a little different. But they had to approve it just to keep it alive or it was going to die. Uh, then again, this is a political game of cat and mouse. The House killed the Senate's teacher pay raise, uh, then amended it with its own la uh, language. So either version would be the largest, of course, in, in, pay, in, in history. Right. Uh, you, state I think, of Mississippi. In the state of Mississippi history. And I think you saw a lot of people on Twitter Tuesday very worried that this was going to die, but they did keep it alive. The next one, equal pay bills. Both bills survived the March 1st deadline. Uh, Mississippi is the last state to not provide state legal recourse for employees paid less for the same work based on sex. However, women's equal pay groups have criticized both the House and the Senate bills and said that they have glaring flaws, but again, better than nothing. And both of them, both the House version and the Senate version are still alive, will be taken up. The next one, and this is a big one that uh, has been going on all day today on Thursday, prohibiting teaching of critical race theory. This bill has divided lawmakers along racial and party lines. Supporters say it would prohibit the teaching of critical race theory in kindergarten through 12th grade schools 
and on the university level, State Department of Education officials have said critical race theory, which strives to explore the impact of racial discrimination on various aspects of society, is not being taught at all in the public schools. Some say the bill is so vague that it is not clear, but it is still, and if you follow Twitter with any of the stuff going on in the House or the Senate uh, on Thursday, there was a lot of this going back and forth because it was on the floor debate today. Next, revive. Have you read the bill? No, I've read the summaries by the three news agencies from what you've read is there some vagueness to it yes okay yes there's some vagueness to it from what so far it does not specify exactly like religions in there okay so how how is that related to critical race uh and you know superiority and inferiority words are in there it's kind of hard so and man almost this is this is directly on topic i don't want to get into a critical race theory debate right here sure but I guess you know the, the point is is this is people are asking this you know when uh, slavery was incorporated uh, and, and and taking place they were looked at as three fifths of a person right, right. that's you learned that I learned right, that sure. there were three fifths of a person so now it, that obviously means that person is less than a full person correct so if a teacher now teaches that is she in trouble it, that is that's that's what I'm talking about it's vague yeah, yeah so yes that is. Because when it's all fact, said and done, that's I mean, yeah, that's hey, historical fact. It was on yeah. the books of Mississippi. It was yes. on the books of the federal government. Yes, um, but it is saying that somebody was worth less than right. somebody else. And if so, if somebody teaches that, which we all know is the truth, growing up when we learned history, are they now in trouble? Yeah, or would they be in trouble based right. on this bill? That's that's the questions that are going on right now. I thought it might be the the use of the word honky. The words honky and cracker did not come up in the in the. In okay, the I, I thought honky and cracker did not come up. <laughs> All right, vi- or the next one is reviving the state's initiative process. This proposal would revive the process where citizens can bypass the legislative process and place issues on the ballot for voters to decide. Now, again, remember this was defeated with the miracle marijuana. Correct. They did it. But they were only four districts, no longer five, so it was struck down. And so this is going to allow them to people to still be able to do this. Now saying four districts, or and but as of right now, there's no way for individuals like you and I to do that. And this will allow us to. So that's still alive. The next one, Matt. This is may sound boring to a lot of people. I've got two more on the alive section. This may sound a little boring. It, I, it interests me very much. It's that this is creating a standalone Department of Tourism. It would be its own department instead of a division within the Mississippi Development Authority. So right now, MDA, if you don't know what MDA is, you need to learn what MDA is. It's probably the most powerful department of the government uh, outside of, I said, with education uh, and maybe highways. It's it's probably equal to highways. Uh, it would also, and so MDA has a huge umbrella of a bunch of stuff that falls up under it, tourism being included. They would want to de- carve out tourism as its own department uh, and they would create a Mississippi Department of Tourism fund and divert a portion of sales tax revenue collected from restaurants and hotels to go there. I mean, we have a tourism tax, right, sure. but actually go toward that instead of to MDA. And then finally, removing racist language from property deeds is still alive. This bill provides property owners an easy, inexpensive way to go to the Chancery Court to remove old language found in property deeds that is no longer enforceable and offensive. Language, for instance, forbidding black families from owning a piece of property are still found in Mississippi deeds. So in other words, instead of having to go to a judge and saying, hey, this says this, we need to retitle this, we need to do this, they can just go and say, this language is racist. Can we please remove this and just use their names and not say, and, and now that this is an African-American that wants to buy this property, right now it's saying they cannot. Hmm. You know, and so they, they need to expunge all those and to be able just to go to the Chancery Court and do that very quickly, very cheaply, and not have it to go to the courts every time to get this done. 
So that's the, those are the ones that are still alive that are probably people that are wanting to know about. Now, Matt, these are the ones that are dead. First one, again, I put this one first because I think it's the biggest and all the ones that we're talking about, divorce law reform. Okay. This will probably affect, obviously affects about 50% of the people. Uh, this measure uh, would have brought Mississippi a step closer to having a unilateral no-fault divorce like most other states. Mississippi does not have no-fault divorce. Mississippi's antiquated divorce laws make getting a divorce difficult and expensive and often allows one spouse to delay a divorce for years and leads to spouses and children being trapped in bad family situations. Unfortunately, the bill died in House committee without a vote. So that will, for right now, the, the divorce laws in Mississippi still remain the same. You can still not claim no-fault divorce. You have to have a reason for that divorce, and you cannot force the other party to sign a divorce okay. uh, at this time. Next, the TANF savings accounts. That's actually more common. The, the, what you were just talking about, that's more common than, we, than you know. Yeah. The, no. We're just going to stay divorced. Or we're just going to stay married uh, forever. Yeah. Yeah. They, yep. because And a lot of times it's because somebody just won't sign the stuff. Exactly. They won't sign the stuff. This, uh, so the next is the TANF, TANF savings account. Um, this bill would have provided matching money to help recipients of welfare benefits create savings accounts. And the savings would not affect the eligibility in the TANF benefits. So, again, that, would, that bill died. Next one was the creating a state parks division. This measure would have made a state parks division of the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks with its own director. Advocates say that the state's dilapidated, ill-maintained parks have languished under the Mississippi Department of Wildlife and Fisheries and would like for, again, the state parks to have their own thing, which I, I completely understand and agree with, uh, but unfortunately it died. Next one, the restoring the right to vote. This bill would have clarified people whose felony conviction is expunged under existing law would be given the the ability to vote back. So we if, don't do that. So if, when someone's when their felony conviction is expunged, we do not give them back their no, right to vote. Not not currently. Ooh, not okay. currently. Interesting. Uh, and it will not be for another year at least. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, Matt. This is one uh, I say for last because this is one that a lot of people around here are familiar with. Not even the rest of the state. Buddy's law failed. This law was named after the dog who barely survived being severely burned and tortured by a 12-year-old not too far from here uh, in Mississippi. Uh, And this law would have required children who torture dogs or cats to receive psychological evaluation, counseling, and treatment. It also did not make it out of committee, so therefore we'll have to at least wait another year. Okay, you said that was Buddy's Law. Buddy's Law was the name of the bill. It was, uh, it was Senate Bill 2261, known as Buddy's Law. Right, okay. And yeah, like you mentioned, that was uh, nearby to here. There is more to that story. Go look it up. Go find it. Young boy who was did that was, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. He, he, he needed some psychological I was going to say, counseling and yes, treatment. I would, I would venture to say that without a doubt. Uh, go figure that out. We're, best if the UTW podcast doesn't deep dive into nope. that for sure. That's just not our place uh, to do for sure. But uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, like you said, these are not laws yet. The ones that survived, they're still alive in the House and Senate down in Jackson during the legislature. And then the other ones that you mentioned are uh, – they're done for a year. For a year. For a year. They're done for a year. So, uh, again, not really my cup of tea, but thank you to all those legislators that go down to Jackson and do the state's work and are serving in the uh, House and the Senate in the state of Mississippi. Now, Matt, I do want to say one thing. The one that I mentioned that could come back is the divorce law reform. Um, the bill did die in the House committee, as I said, but the author, Senator Bryce Wiggins, said the divorce there is divorce language that is inserted into another House equal pay bill that is still alive. Okay. Now, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it says, or if it's as strong as this one was. So we'll have to see if that one makes it, I guess, 
by both houses and going to the governor and hopefully have more information. So there is a still a chance for the divorce law of some sort reform to happen. But currently, uh, as it was written, it is, it is dead. Again, Derek, just so much stuff going on in Jackson uh, during January, February, March, and into early April as far as uh, just different laws and bills that affect us on our everyday life. And for sure, uh, a lot of stuff going on and definitely something that you want to not think about. You may not think about very often. You may not really be concerned about it until it's not time to pay attention to it. And of course, that is going to be insurance. And if you're looking for the best insurance agents in the Soto County, the best agents all around, you want to reach out to Holland Insurance. Call them at 662-895-5528. Holland Insurance has been in business since 1981. They have experts ready to serve you when it comes to health, life, property, casualty, or auto. Anything insurance related, reach out to Jerry Holland and Bruce Robinson with Holland Insurance. They're located in South Haven, but ready to serve anyone in our listening audience, especially the folks down here under the water tower. As an independent agent, they can represent nationwide, state auto, progressive, travelers, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Humana, Aetna, some of the largest insurance companies in the world. They represent them, and they're ready to match you up with the best one. Give them a call again, 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. If you possess an insurance license in the state of Mississippi and are looking to do something different, reach out to Jerry Holland and his wonderful team at Holland Insurance at 895-5528. The secret is out. North Point Christian is DeSoto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. Are you interested in making a schooling switch in 2022-2023? North Point will be hosting their next opportunity to preview the point this Sunday, March 6th at 2 p.m. Again, this Sunday, March 6th at 2 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. Mobile Car and Van Rental, located at the corner of Commerce and McCracken in Hernando, is ready to serve. The only car rental place located in Hernando, we have cars, trucks, vans, and now cargo vans. Reach out to us at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Spring break, fully booked. Can't help you during spring break, but June and July, summer travels right around the corner. If you are a youth pastor or involved in your church's travel plans, now's the time to reach out to us at Mobile Car and Van Rental, 662-469-4555. Give us your dates, tell us where you're going, and we will do our absolute best to help you. Churches, get a 10% discount. First responders, 10% discount. Please give us a call at Mobile Car and Van Rental, the only car rental place in Hernando, 662-469-4555. Middle of our Friday show leads us into the DeSoto County Shoutouts, simple section of our show that tries to help nonprofits you know, get the word out for their event that's upcoming. We're going to start with the Head Start. Uh, that's going to be our first shout-out because it is actually, Derek, as you listen to the show, released on Friday, March the 4th, uh, that's going to be tomorrow, Saturday, March 5th. Saturday, March 5th, from 10 a.m. until sold out. So this is going to be the Hernando Start is hosting a plate lunch located on 1290 West Oak Grove at the Head Start building. 
It is $12 a plate. Matt, this is what you get for $12 a plate Hello. to benefit the Head Start building right there and that, that program, yeah, what a sure. wonderful program that they run. It's going to include fish or whole chicken wings, corn on the cob, cold saw, cake, and a Coke. Uh, you're going, right? That for sounds, $12. That's what you, that, that sounds like your normal Saturday lunch. That, that's like my breakfast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, you got to go to that. Let's go. I mean, so, yeah. So, again, that's a great deal for $12. All the proceeds benefiting the Hernando Head Start. Again, plate lunch tomorrow, March 5th. Starts at 10 a.m. And when it's gone, it's gone. So, get out there and support them at $12 a plate. So, the very next Saturday, uh, the Mid-South Therapeutic Riding Center will be hosting a volunteer orientation and training on Saturday, March 12th. At 2 p.m. at the Lynch Ranch. Now, the Lynch Ranch is located at 2910 Fog Road in Hernando. Now, this is a, a great thing. So, what this is, the therapeutic riding, you're going to be learned to be a, a volunteer orientation. You will help the uh, children, the riders that go out there that need therapy. They could be for all kind of mental or, or physical right. or emotional i guess disabilities that they have what they do is it's, it's a they get to ride on horses uh, they go out there they get to uh be with the horse they get to i mean learn about horses they get to actually ride and depending on you know what their abilities are uh they they could be even leading the horse over you know small jumps or just walking around the arena itself but it's a wonderful wonderful program and if you want to be part of that program and be a volunteer be a volunteer to help lead the horses to help clean up afterwards or to help in any way i mean to be one of their buddies out there again the orientation training is saturday march 12th at 2 p.m man i know that the crew has supported this for years uh it used to go by another name uh it is now uh, out there at the lunch ranch and it's called the mid-south therapeutic riding center and uh just a wonderful wonderful thing uh, we have had uh, just children we've been out there and seen it and these children's lives are literally touched absolutely I mean just I mean uh, it's so amazing what they do so we just really appreciate the entire Lynch family for doing that and for allowing it to be out there especially uh, Noah Lynch uh, that's he's kind of the one that that's I guess he takes care of the, the day-to-day maintenance of that. Uh, but we really do appreciate the Lynch family uh, and Gary Lynch, his father, uh, and all that they do um, to uh, in that program. And, again, I think if you're looking for a way to give back to children or look, uh, just for a volunteer in any way, please be out there Saturday, March 12th for that training. It's called equine therapy. That's I mean, right. that's what it's called. That's the, uh, the the talent they have. So, again, like you mentioned, Mr. Gary, uh, that's where his heart is. Uh, he's such a giving person. Uh, we definitely uh, – just an asset to the community. We joke all the time about Rob Long and the museums and, and say asset to the community all the time. But, man, what a great guy. And, and um, that's where his heart is. The Lynch family uh, does a wonderful job out there. And so if you want to be a volunteer, that's next Saturday, Mid-South Therapeutic Riding Center. Our last shout-out this morning, Derek, will be the Flock Around the Block, which we've talked about. Flock Around the Block – it is a wonderful, benefits the Interfaith Council here in Hernando that does some wonderful, wonderful work. Many churches come together and do good work for the city of Fernando and this community. And that's going to be the Flock Around the Block coming up on Saturday, April 2nd. Derek, you run in this event. You've run in the past. Tell us how we can sign up. All right, so Saturday, April 2nd at 8 a.m., uh, as you said, the proceeds to benefit the Interfaith Council, www.racesonline.com. Racesonline.com, go on that website. It's going to ask you, looking for an event, just type in Flock Around the Block. It'll pull it up. Obviously, it's the only one in the nation named that. Uh, you click on it, and you'll go ahead and register right there. It's $20 if you register, I believe, before March 19th. 
Uh, then after that, I think it goes to $25. You do get a T-shirt. Uh, it'll ask for a T-shirt size. So again, just a wonderful thing, a wonderful event. Uh, usually two to 300 people a year run it. I believe, and I think I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this, I think the overall winner, so whoever comes in first place, will get a crisp $100 bill. Uh, so if you are the overall winner, they'll have you know uh, age bracket winners, you'll get trophies. But if you are a, uh, the overall winner, you will receive a $100 bill. So again, come out and support the Interfaith Council Saturday, April 2nd at 8 a.m. That wraps up a wonderful section there, our DeSoto County shout-outs. If you have a nonprofit that would like to maybe get some more, uh, you know, hopefully more people listening to your vision, listen to your event, email us, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. We get the emails, we review them, and kind of see what we do to, to put out there uh, for, for that. So we really, really appreciate you emailing us uh, information when it comes to local charities that are always trying to do good things in Hernando. We really, really appreciate it. Speaking of doing good things for the community, this gentleman, again, we talked about last week, was a supporter of the crew of Hernando Mardi Gras Ball. Uh, he and his wife actually are heavily involved with the uh, Hernando High School football boosters and uh, do a lot of stuff with the concession stands. They're just great people. Of course, I'm speaking about Richard Williams with Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. His services include leaf removal, tree trimming, spring cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, anything on the outside of your home or business. Give Richard a call. Let him come out. Take a look at what you need. If he can't do it, he'll help you find somebody who can. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 292-8855. Or find more information about Williams Lawn Services on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Thank you, Richard, for being a longtime sponsor of the UTW Podcast. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure that your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Thank you to our longtime sponsor, DeSoto Family Dental Care. Dr. Seymour, Drs. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. Visit their office today to see the difference. Call them locally at 429-5239. That's 429-5239. Or stop by any time to their offices to see the DFDC difference. Before we turn our attention to baseball and softball for the schools that we cover, had some signings. Some gentlemen are uh, they're, they're moving on when it comes to college athletics. Tell us about it right here under the water tower. Start with that. All right, so we have congratulations to three Hernando soccer players who signed scholarships on Wednesday. Jackson Morris and Ethan Barnes signed to play soccer at Northwest, and Jacob Little signed to play at Delta State. 
These three seniors helped lead Hernando to the second round of the soccer playoffs, and we look forward to them helping to lead their prospective teams going forward and also getting a free ride to school to go to school as they do. So again, congratulations to Jackson Morris, Ethan Barnes, and Jacob Little. Derek, most college athletes would argue that nothing's free. About that, that's true. That's a lot of hard <laughs> the work. The work starts sweat. now. The work starts now. <laughs> hey, I will say this: you mentioned uh, Jacob Little being the goalie. Uh, he may never hear this. He may uh, hear it. My son plays goalie. He's in the ninth grade. His name is Wilson, and uh, really has looked up to Jacob the last year. And uh, Jacob, you were always kind to him and, and showed him, uh, you know, tricks of the trade when it comes to being a goalie. So, from one dad to uh, another mentor of your son, uh, I definitely want to say thank you. So, thank you, Jacob, for that. That's awesome. Next, congratulations to Zach Denny from Lewisburg who chose football over soccer for college, and he signed to play football at Northeast Community College as a kicker. Great that he had choices, and also good luck to Zach uh, in his kicking career at Northeast Community College. Matt, it's pretty cool. Uh, Jackson Morris, Ethan Barnes, and Zach Denny were all on the same Hernando Express Wow. Soccer team with my son. Uh, they played for about two or three years together. So, again, just a good group. And it shows what, you know, hometown competitive teams can do uh, in getting these kids to be able to play at the next level. So, congratulations to them. And Bo, Bo is committed to the University of Mississippi and ready to party. <laughs> yes. He will, not, <laughs> he will not be playing. He can play club soccer because yeah, they actually do sure, have club they have soccer. Intramurals and stuff like that. Tons yeah, of intramurals, yeah, yeah. A lot of intramurals. Uh, uh, so, now we'll move to softball. Our first softball update of the year. What's that? So, softball uh, – we're going to start with North Point and North Point's games did not start till March 14th. So that was really easy to cover. That no, was very easy to cover. No, Looking forward to that, ladies. No, no games for North Point. Tennessee does not start until the week of March 14th. Next, Lewisburg. Wait, Lu- that's their spring break. They start on spring break? Oh, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, they, they have a tournament to go that to, sucks. and the boys will be going to Biloxi, which I'll get to in just a moment for oh, a tournament. Oh, man. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Lewisburg. Lewisburg faced South Panola this week and won 5-1. to one. That's true. They were led by Casey Regett who threw a complete game with nine strikeouts. Aubrey Williams went two for three with a home run and a double, and Jalen Taylor threw out two runners stealing. The Lady Patriots are now 4-0. So, again, we're, we're, we're four games into it, not, not too far behind, but congratulations to the Lady Gators starting 4-0. Next, Hernando. The Lady Tigers took on Corinth and won this week 8-1, pushing their record to 5-1. They continue to be led by Julia and Jenna Shaw on the mound and by both juniors and seniors offensively. We do ask that uh, again. I know the coaches sure. communicated with you, and we do. You know, we would like to get you know a couple more stats. So please, if you're worth a Twitter account, don't be shy to post those stats to make sure we can get you know who the, the leading hitters were and the winning pitcher was for each game. We'd love to put that on the air. Yeah, Coach uh, Coach Nikki uh, Witten again last year. What a, what an amazing year they had. Official softball team uh, being heavily led by five seniors and two juniors right now. When it comes to the uh, softball thing, uh, five and one record. Uh, had a tough loss recently. They're actually playing Marion, Arkansas, as we record this, and then they're also going to be playing Brandon. So as you listen to the show on our Friday show they will be playing at home against Brandon right here under the water tower literally almost under the water tower there at the softball field and they also play at home on Tuesday and they play away next week at Lewisburg which will be an easy game for us to cover so I guess they're starting to get into uh, district play yeah love to see it now switching over to baseball again North Point also does not start until March 14th they'll be traveling to Biloxi very easy coverage I, I think they have uh, three games in Biloxi that week which we'll cover end of next week uh, Lewisburg. Lewisburg traveled to Starkville this week to take on two teams in that town in a doubleheader. In the first game, they took on Starkville Academy, and the Patriots lost 
eight to three with Gage Haley taking the loss. In game two, the Patriots took on Starkville High School and jumped out to a five-one at the end of the third and increased that lead to seven one after the fourth. Starkville got a run in the fifth, but the Patriots add another in the top of the seventh and win eight to two. Scott Sharp gets the win going six innings, and the Patriots improve their record to three and one, with obviously the one loss being to Starkville Academy. So Starkville Academy's got to be got to be pretty good. I mean, almost I mean, Lewisburg's pretty, pretty good. I mean, up in the six A ranks in the North Mississippi, Lewisburg's always around the playoffs. So that's pretty Starkville Academy. Hmm, good. Yeah, we'll have to watch them kind of pay attention to them as we sure. get closer to the playoffs this year. Now going to Hernando. Uh, Hernando also had two games this week. The Hernando Tigers varsity put up seven runs in the sixth inning on the way to a 12-2 victory over Lake Cormoran on Tuesday. Carter Newton, Thomas Mitchell, Brody Martin, and Luke Romine each had RBIs in that big sixth inning. Topher Jones led the Hernando Tigers to victory on the pitcher's mound. He allowed four hits and two runs over six innings, striking out sixth. In game two, the Hernando uh, Tigers scored five runs in that same inning. That sixth inning seems to be their inning. In the sixth on its way to an 8-1 victory over Cleveland Central on Wednesday. Hernando Tigers' uh, offense in the inning came from singles by Topher Jones and Luke Romine and an error on a ball put in play by Preston Johnson. Hayden Carlini was credited with the victory for the Tigers. Uh, the South Pole lasted four innings, allowing four hits and one run, while striking out six and walking zero. Carter Newton and Johnson entered the game out of the bullpen and helped to close out the game in relief. With those two wins this week, the Tigers pushed their record to 4-2 and two on the season. I'm going to correct you, Derek. Don't forget they played Monday against Center Hill. Missed, I missed the Monday. <laughs> I got the Tuesday we and the Wednesday. Get, yeah. I hey, did look, miss the Monday. Twitter, at UTWPod, yes. at UTWPod. Played Center Hill. I went to a little bit of the game, watched about three innings. I do know Brody Martin had a three-run shot uh, for the Hernando Tigers uh, and you know just some really good baseball there. They were beating Center Hill 9-2 to as I left. I don't exactly know the end of the score, but they did beat Center Hill on, on Monday, so they went 3-0 and so far this week. Yeah, so they went 3-0 and this week, 4-2 and on the season. Their two losses did come in Jackson yep. where they played MRA. I believe the score the score was 6-4 to on that right. loss. With and five then, errors. With five errors, and then Jackson Prep, which – I'm just going to say this. Most everybody's going to lose to this year. Mm-hmm. They lost 10-0 uh, to Jackson Prep. But, again, extremely good team. We're not going to see them in the playoffs. So, a uh, really good week for the Hernando Tigers to get back in positive territory 4-2. and two. We definitely got to get our baseball and softball legs under us, Derek. That's what we got to do. Hey, look, no, that, this we is just, great. Yeah, we're, we're catching up we got, right now. We got to regroup. Right we got to get ready. We got to get ready. Both the softball and baseball will be kicking off uh, March 14th during spring break. So, looking forward to that. So, look, there's so many great things happening out there. Uh, Hernando uh, Tigers, look, 78 degrees, 83 degrees outside. You better go see some baseball. Just a wonderful night. I really enjoyed sitting there for the three innings last week. Got to see some Monday night against Center Hill. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, hung out there with Bruce Robinson and some other. Uh, uh, baseball dads and got to see those folks so really look go watch the baseball team go watch the softball team especially if the weather's nice outside go support these young people and if you enjoy us talking about young people on the utw podcast find us on facebook at utw podcast on instagram at utw podcast and as i mentioned before twitter at utw pod that's how you can share scores stats just simply add that to the end if you do a tweet about a box score or about a certain team that we cover winning at utw pod if you enjoy our show give us a five-star review spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, wherever you listen to our show give us a five-star review it helps us move up in the ranks of local podcasts if you enjoy our show go find ob pod covering the eastern side of Isle of Branch. They also cover Lewisburg Athletics, Center Hill Athletics, and Isle of Branch. OB Pod covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. As we wrap up our Friday show, we always encourage you, please 
Ash Wednesday, Derek. I saw you there at the service at Hernando United Methodist Church. I saw another couple that had been in Ash Wednesday over at Colonial Hills just moments before that. Uh, please consider taking your family to church this weekend. Sunday, there are so many churches in Hernando. If you're looking for a church home, if you're looking for a church home, please uh, investigate that. You can find us all on Facebook. You can find information about us. If someone's inviting you to church, whether it be a, a family member or a coworker inviting you to church, I assure you, you will not have a bad time at church this coming Sunday. Please consider taking your family this Sunday. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Once